usually during the week, Pastor Lee and I will sit down and we'll talk about the service and I'll share with him kind of what I'm thinking about for the message and he'll share kind of ideas, songs, things like that. And we, we try to kind of collaborate to, to make the service uh, work together and be uh, seamless as much as possible and things of that nature. And um, well, this wasn't one of those weeks. Uh, we both, I think, were busy and had other things going on. We didn't get a chance to sit down and, and connect. And so I didn't know that, uh, that he was going to be leading this song, Labor of Love, uh, today, but uh, it's exactly it's it's from an album that uh, that I wanted to start with with my message today. I'd already planned on talking about it. Um, this song, "Labor of Love," comes from uh, a Christmas album called "Behold the Lamb of God" by Andrew Peterson, is a Christian artist. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not, but um, Abby and I have been going uh, to see his Christmas concert at the Ryman for the last, gosh, how many years? Over ten years. And um, we, we started going, and then uh, the first year we were going to miss going to see it at the Ryman, we were living in Alabama, and uh, Lily Brooks had just been born, and so there was no way for us to get back up to Nashville uh, to, to see the concert. We were living down in Alabama, and we found out that uh, they go on tour, and the last stop is at the Ryman, but they tour all around the, the country. And it just so happened that one of the churches that they were performing in that year uh, was the church that I was serving in Montgomery, Alabama. So we got to go to the concert again that year. And we actually even got to meet some of the artists that year. Um, so now here it is, you know, 10, 12 years later, uh, we, we don't, we haven't gone ever since COVID. We haven't gone uh, to the Ryman to watch the show. We, you can stream it in your living room. And so we've been doing that with the kids so that we can, uh, so we can go to bed once it's over instead of <laughs> driving home from Nashville. Uh, but it's one of our favorite Christmas traditions, this this album called Behold the Lamb of God. Uh, it's really a beautifully written, there's 10 songs and it tells the story of Christmas, but it tells it as part of the bigger story of God's story of redemption. And it, it goes all the way through the, the, the law and the prophets and everything. And then the very last song is Behold the Lamb of God uh, that, that tells the story. And so, and, and Labor of Love is Abby's favorite song from that. So I knew she would be excited about hearing that song today. Uh, but I wanted to start today by talking about Behold the Lamb of God because one of the things that they do at the show, the very beginning before they sing these songs about uh, the story of Jesus, the Christmas story, uh, Andrew Peterson, the, the one who wrote it, he always reads from uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible. This is a, a, a beautiful little children's translation of the Bible. And he always reads this this introduction as an introduction to the story. And I want to read it for you today because I think it's, it's, it's one of the greatest explanations of, of why Jesus came to us at Christmas. And you also get to hear and see the story of Jesus through the eyes and ears of a child. So, so I want you to hear this this morning. Uh, this introduction is called The Story and the Song. And it says this, God wrote, I love you. He wrote it in the sky and on the earth and under the sea. He wrote his message everywhere because God created everything in the world to reflect him like a mirror, to show us what he is like, to help us know him, to make our hearts sing. And God put it into words too. He wrote it in a book called the Bible. 
Now, some people think the Bible is just a book of rules telling you what you should and shouldn't do. Other people think the Bible is just a book of heroes showing you people you should copy. But no, the Bible isn't just a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales has come true in real life. Because you see, the best thing about this story is it's true. There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story. The story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. It takes the whole Bible to tell this story. And at the center of the story, there's a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He's like the missing piece in a puzzle, the piece that makes all the other pieces fit together. And suddenly you can see this beautiful picture. All the stories are telling one big story. The story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue him. That's what I want us to look at today. I want us to see how this story of, of Christmas, of Jesus coming to earth, is the story that all the stories in the Bible point to. That it's God's love story for you and for me. When I was in seminary, I had a, a professor of Old Testament. Her name was Sandra Richter. And, and she used to always talk about what she called God's great big rescue plan. And, and she used this analogy to kind of describe uh, the Old Testament to us. And she would say, if someone fell into a great big hole, you couldn't just reach down and, and pick them up. You'd have to come up with a great big rescue plan in order to, to, to get them where they needed to be. Each step would have to build on the one before. And she said the Old Testament is kind of the beginning of, of God's great big rescue plan. Throughout the, the pages of the Old Testament, God uses this this thing called covenant. God initiates a series of covenants that God makes with God's people. And this is part of God's great big rescue plan uh, to save a humanity from the, the great big hole that we've fallen into, so to speak. She said each, each covenant was designed to demonstrate God's love for God's people at each and every step in the journey. And each step would bring God's people closer to understanding the height and width and breadth and depth of God's love for us. This was God's great big rescue plan. And, and as I reflected on that this week and as I thought about it, I was reminded of, of how the book of Hebrews begins. And it kind of talks about um, the unfolding of, of this plan. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 says this, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the various prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. It, 
It's like God was revealing his plan step by step through the the law and through the prophets. And then each step was revealing a little bit more of himself and, and how God wanted to connect and relate to God's people. In each covenant, God was showing his people more of who he is and more of how much he loves them. God made a covenant with, with Adam and with, with Noah and, and Abraham and Moses and David. And all those stories that we read in the Bible, they point to this one story, right? They point to where, where those covenants would come to full fruition in and through the new covenant, which is ours in and through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the covenant between God and God's people. And each one was a greater revelation of, of who God is and what God has for us. Uh, it reminds me of, of the candles that we light at Advent. I read an article this week about why we light the candles in, in the way that we do. And one of the things that, that I learned was each week is intended to, to represent the increasing light that that we have of who God is, the increasing revelation of, of who God is. So if you th I've never thought about it that way, but uh, if you think about it, it starts with no light, and then we light one candle on the first week. The second week, we light two candles. The third week, three. The fourth week, four. And then by the end, on Christmas Eve, we light the fifth candle, the largest candle, the Christ candle. And then from that candle, we light all our little candles and we hold them up. And so the progression is from no light to, to ever-increasing light until the room is filled with light. And so it's this picture of, of God's revelation to us that, that came in all these different ways but comes in its fullest expression through the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, the light that shines in the darkness, uh, that shares with us the gift of light and life. That's what we're going to talk about on Christmas Eve, so I hope you're going to be here. We'll, we'll continue that. Um, but I thought that was especially uh, significant as we think about this journey that we've been on over the last few weeks, this journey that takes us all the way to the mangers where we get God's greatest gift to us in his son, Jesus Christ. And along the way, we pick up these other gifts, right? The gift of hope and the gift of peace and the gift of joy. And, and so today we come to the fourth and final one. And, and I think it's significant that this is the last one because as, as the Apostle Paul says, the greatest of these is love, right? I believe love is, is the greatest revelation not only of, of who God is but, but what God does and why God does it, right? If you think about all the stories of the Bible telling one big story, if you had to have one word to describe that story, I believe that that word is love. Think about all the stories in the Bible. In the beginning, the story of creation, the motivation for God creating time and space and the heavens and the earth and me and you, the motivation was love, this love that, that flowed from the heart of God, this relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you think about the, the Christmas story, Love is the motivation for, for the incarnation, for God coming to be one of us so that we might become one again with God. You go all the way to the end of the story where sometimes it's called the, the consummation where, where Christ comes again and makes all things new and, and we get to live in eternity with God through part of this new creation. The motivation is love and everything in between, all the stories point to that story. All the stories are, are at their very core love stories. 
between God and God's people. And even though over and over again in those stories, we, we turn away and we are unfaithful, God remains faithful and will remain faithful. See, the good news of God's grace in Jesus Christ is that the one who came, the one who comes, and the one who will come again is the one who loves us with an everlasting love who's committed to his great big rescue plan for you and me. And where sin and death have separated us from God, we've been redeemed and reconnected to God through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Amen? That's the good news of God's grace, but it's not just the good news of God's grace. It's the good news of God's grace for you. And for me. See, here's the deal. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to make things more complicated than they need to be. Can anybody relate to that? Um, I, I guarantee you that, that Abby and the kids and probably the staff would be able to tell you that sometimes I tend to, to overcomplicate, to overthink, to make things more complicated than they need to be. And I think that that's true probably uh, to a certain extent for all of us, and especially during this season of Advent, this Christmas season where we get so busy and we get so committed to so many different things and we have so many things to think about and keep up with, we can, we can make the Christmas story more complicated, I think, than it needs to be. And so, so as I was preparing for today's message, I think I was just reminded again that we all need to be reminded of the, of the simple, powerful truth of the gospel that, that's expressed in the Christmas story. That, that's what this series that we've been doing is all about. That's what this conversation we've been having is all about. It's about the story around the story. Sometimes I think we, we get so caught up in the, uh, you know, the story that we think we've heard that we forget about just how powerful it is and, and what it means. Past, present, and future. The, the name of this series is Roots, Advent, and the family story of Jesus. We've been talking about the context of this story and the facts that form the foundation of it, right? And, and the facts are that we've been looking at that Jesus came from a particular people to a particular place and for a particular purpose. Over these last few weeks, we've been unpacking this, and we've talked about how Jesus came from a particular people, and, and they were people that were broken, imperfect people like you and me. We've, we've talked about how Jesus came to a particular place, and, and that particular place was this small, seemingly insignificant town of Bethlehem. And so today, what we're unpacking is that God came for a particular purpose, and that particular purpose was to fulfill all of God's promises to God's people. Jesus came for a particular purpose, and, and that purpose is found in that passage that we've heard so many times. And I pray that you'll hear it in its full light today. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so what? loved the world, that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Why did God send his son into the world? Because God so 
loved the world. The story of Scripture is God's love story for us, for God's people. This was the final and most important part of God's great big rescue plan. Everything that happened up to this point was to get God's people to a place where we could receive the life-saving help that we needed to set us free from sin and death once and for all, to pull us out of the hole that we had placed ourselves in and to put us back on solid ground. The firm foundation of God's word, not just the written word, but the word made flesh to dwell among us. That's what the story of Jesus' birth and life and death and resurrection is all about. Jesus came for the particular purpose of fulfilling God's promises to God's people. God's word says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen? It says we got to speak it. Come on. Amen. Okay. <laughs> See, the good news for you and me is that because Jesus came to fulfill all of God's promises, because Jesus promises to come again in final victory, not only have we been given the gift of salvation in and through him, but we've also been given these gifts in the meantime, the gifts of Advent, gifts like hope and peace and joy and love. And they're gifts that God wants us to receive, not just so that we can keep to ourselves, but so we can share them with others. That's the purpose of love. It's why it's the fourth and final gift that we receive during this season of Advent. I believe it's the most important one because, because the gift of love is the source of all the other gifts. Love, the love of God in Jesus Christ is is the source of our hope. It's the source of our peace. It's the source of our joy. We can have all these things because we believe that God loves us unconditionally, that God is with us and for us and is working in and through and around our lives for good, our good, and his glory, which is our greatest good. And and it's also the it's also the fourth and final candle that we light because it's it's the greatest revelation of who God is. The Bible tells us over and over again that God is love. It's, it's who God is. It's, it's what God does. It's, it's why God does it. And when we, we give our lives to, to Christ, we put our faith and our trust in him, then it becomes who we are. It becomes what we do. It becomes why we do it. So, so what about you this morning? What, what difference could it make in your life or does it make in your life to know that God loves you this much? That when it says, for God so loved the world, it's talking about you and me. What, what difference do you think it could make in the world today if the world knew how much God loved them? So much that he sent his one and only son to give them life. That, that this story that, that we celebrate as Christians during Christmas was that Jesus came to a particular place for a particular purpose. And that purpose was people. It was people like you and me. What difference would it make, do you think? 
And then finally, let me ask you this question. What difference would it make in your life if you made that your purpose? To share the love of God with those around you. To share hope with people in, in hopeless situations. To share peace with, with people in stressful circumstances. To share joy with people in those places of pain and sadness. What would it look like for, for us to love the people in the places that we've been planted with the love of God in Jesus Christ? What would that look like? Would you be willing to, to think about it? Would you be willing to pray about it? I think we should, because I think that's what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ that understand the meaning of Advent. I think that's what it means to be a church that, that wants to put the Christ in Christmas. Now, I mentioned this before, and I want to say it again today. We can't share what we don't have, right? And so this morning, I want to invite you as, as we uh, come to the end of the message, the end of the service, the worship team is going to come back up and lead us in one more song. And as they do, the altar is going to be open. And if you need to receive the gift of God's love this morning, then I want to invite you to come forward and and ask the Holy Spirit to move in your heart and mind. If you want somebody to pray with you, I'd love to do that. You may be here this morning and, and you know that God loves you, but, but you need to receive the gift of, of, of God's peace this morning or, or, or hope or joy. Whatever, wherever you are this morning, what I want you to know is the one that we are waiting for and watching for during Advent is here waiting for you. And he longs to give you these good gifts, not just during Advent, not just during this season, but in every season of life, in every circumstance of life. God wants to give us life, life abundant, life eternal, life together in Christ. So the last thing I want to say to you is this. The good news is that you don't have to wait until Christmas Eve to open this gift. It's available to you right now. So would you come and receive it? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity for us to be together today. Thank you for your word and your spirit that speaks to our hearts, that reminds us of just how much you love us. Thank you for all those stories that tell one story of how much you love us and what you've done to rescue us from sin and death, from those things that separate us from you. God, we thank you that your word reminds us that there is nothing that can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So God, today I pray that you would help us to receive and to respond to your love today so that we might receive and respond to those wonderful gifts of Advent, hope, peace, joy, and love so that we might share them with others. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Would you stand as we sing? And would you come and pray as you feel led?